What is going on, team? This is your host, Coach Jay, and you are listening to Transformational Team Talks. Here, I will be bringing you guests, facts, thoughts, and quotes that connect physical fitness with mental health. This can benefit anyone from amateurs seeking information on how to start your fitness journey to fitness professionals looking to advance their services. The fitness industry is finally beginning to make the connection between mindset and physical health, and here you will learn how to make that connection to improve your daily habits and performance. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We are here on episode number two. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Mo with us today. So Mo, why don't you start by introducing yourself? Oh, my name is Mo. I uh, work at Rebel Ride Studio, um, or mostly on the weekends. And again, I'm a cycling instructor and, you know, I have a nine to five and a child and um, I'm a faith-based man. So yeah, I'm a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So you wear a lot of hats. A lot of hats. Yes. Too many sometimes. <laughs> Too many. Um, so you and I actually met um, through spinning. Yes. Way back in the day. Um, you started at Catalyst. Yes. And you left, and then I searched for probably about a year, maybe two years. I was looking forever, and I stumbled across a Rebel Ride Instagram, and I'm just scrolling, scrolling, and I'm like, I know that person. And that's, I went and I followed you there. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's why I fell in love with Rebel Ride, was because you were there. (laughs) Uh, So you can't get rid of me no matter where you go. Okay, good. That's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so why don't you start by telling us how you got into being a spinning instructor? What what drew you to that? Well, being that, um, did I say I was a DJ too? Yes. So I'm a DJ as well. And what led me to spinning is because I, I feel like I'm getting to the eve of my DJing. Like I don't enjoy being in the club anymore. So I've taken spinning classes before at different box gyms and I've seen that there was a musical piece. And once I was there and I realized that I could like maybe add something to that. Um, I was like, I could try spinning because I really enjoyed spinning. So I really just took the element of me being a DJ, entertaining, and wanted to say, what can I do until I'm 80? Because mm-hmm. what some people don't know is that indoor cycling, it's, it's low impact. And it's something that's very sustainable. It's, I mean, cardio, you talked about that on one of your posts or something like that. Just mm-hmm. where saying like, you know, people don't have to be out here you know, killing it at the gym, like you said, they need 150 minutes of, you know, elevated heart rate per week. Mm-hmm. And that's 30, you know, minutes a day. I'm really like saying everything you said verbatim, right? <laughs> 30 minutes a day, five di- uh, five times a week. So I was like, you know, that's, that's really, you know, really uh, my thing. I'm really just trying to do what's sustainable um, up until 80. So that's how I got into spinning. Mm-hmm. So combining two things that you really like sustainable exercise and the dj part of it yes the entertainment yes mm-hmm. some people call it exertainment i've heard oh. it called yeah by i don't some. know if i've heard that before yeah just one random guy said he's like you know being a spin instructor is like exertainment hmm. you know you have to um you know you have to entertain people but you also have to work them as well Mm-hmm. So there's not one without the other if you want to have interesting classes or really impactful classes. There's mm-hmm. got to be some entertainment to it. Okay, so you like to incorporate the entertainment part yes. to it as well. Definitely. Oh, there's layers. That, yeah, well, you've, you're you very good at executing that. 
and not even knowing that that was a goal of yours. Mm-hmm. Like I always know walking into your class that it's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. I, I describe it as a party on a bike. Yes. Like that's how I, that's, that's how the I intention. That's yeah. the intention. And then, you know, there's some underlying things that I'm trying to do. And, you know, it's just really, uh, I want people to feel better when they leave, mm. you leave them with a little message and everything. Um, so yeah, it's just like a little method to the madness. They say, mm. I can definitely see that. Okay, so like, what is the message that you want your clients to walk away with? The message I always want people to walk away with is that, you know, you should leave a class feeling better all the time. You know, you should be in a better place physically, mentally, spiritually. I just want you to feel better. And however you define that, it's your um, definition. So that's the that's what that takeaway from every class that I want, you know, and sometimes you're going to leave a class and you're not going to feel better mentally but you might feel better uh, physically, you know? And and sometimes, maybe not physically, but maybe there's some people that come in my class and they're just pedaling, very light, because I see the stats, very mm-hmm. light. Uh, but they come there because there's something else that they're connecting to. And maybe there's that spiritual connection, you know, where mm-hmm. they're, you know, just get to this place where they, um, you know, get real deep with our rebel moments or, our, you mm-hmm. know, we call it our mindful moments and they make a connection that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my goal is to always have people feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the stats too, because it's not always just about the stats. No, it's not all about the stats. The stats is great. Um, You know, it's great to analyze and everything, but the goal of exercise is is to, you know, to feel better Mm -hmm. ultimately. And then it really depends on what your goal is. Like you said on your um, post, um, you know, and I'm sorry if I'm repeating, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I like the stuff that you say. Uh, and so you say, you know, what are your goals when you're coming to work out? Are you coming here to feel better mentally? Or are you looking for a release? Are you looking to improve your physique? I mean, mm-hmm. it really depends on what your goal is. And so I'm mindful of all three of these things, and not really all three, but of most things that most goals um, that people have with exercise. So I wanted to make sure that I have something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have to agree with that because I don't go in there for the stats. Mm-hmm. It's not about the stats. I don't know what you see on your end when I'm pedaling, but <laughs> I certainly try not to look at it because mm-hmm. like you said, your class is um, unique in the sense that you give that emotional element to it. Mm-hmm. It's not just about going in there to burn the calories. I don't give a shit about what my watch mm-hmm. says when I walk out of there. Yeah, it's how, yeah. how am I feeling? And I can sit on the other end and say that you're executing just exactly what you're trying to do. Oh, thank you, Jenna. You're welcome. Full of compliments today. I'm really feeling better. Look, I'm, <laughs> I'm really feeling better too. Well, that's the point. So we all can feel better after this, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So the message you're trying to send across is not just about the stats. It's about how you're feeling when you walk out of there. Yes, definitely. That's the goal. The goal should always be um, to be better, you know, to have mm-hmm. a takeaway from it. No one should ever leave a um, a class or any kind. Of, no one should leave the gym or exercise um, feeling worse. Because mm-hmm. if you're feeling worse, then, you know, um, there's something not being executed. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because I hear a lot of people saying that they hate exercise or they hate yes. going to the gym. And they just don't like the way it makes them feel. So, like, what is your perspective on that? Well, my perspective is that, you know, we are different parts and, you know... The, the parts I'm going to speak on is just the mental aspect of you and your physical aspect. Now, your physical person, they're only um, 
you know, looking for satisfaction. That's all they're looking for. You're a physical man, you're flesh, someone would call it. It's only looking for satisfaction. So no one ever will be happy or be satisfied with going and working out that flesh mm-hmm. part of you. So it's part of that mental part where you have to really talk yourself into working out. So that's why a lot of people, and I think 100% of people, I drag myself to the gym. I see you dragging yourself <laughs> to the gym because we are just responding to our physical man and woman. You know, that's just who we are, you know, as people. So my, my thought on is when people don't want to go to the gym, that's a normal thing. Yeah. The, the, the thing that's not normal, in my opinion, is when you have a strong desire to go to the gym. Because some <laughs> people would say that goes into a, a little bit of narcissism. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, you know, too much of one thing is not really good all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a balance. Definitely has to be a balance. Yeah. And I think what you were saying, too... No one really likes going to the gym, but I think we have to also keep in mind like what is the what is the bigger message? What is the bigger goal? What are we yes. working towards? Because I feel like sometimes we're always so focused on the short term. Like what is my short term benefit of this right now? And sometimes mm-hmm. there is really nothing. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't feel good when you leave there. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you really just don't feel great mm-hmm. going in or out and just keeping in mind like what is the bigger goal here, what am I trying to accomplish? And sometimes mm-hmm. that isn't within, you know, the next hour or within the next day. We can't yeah. accomplish that so soon. Mm-hmm. But I think we're just really going for that immediate goal or that immediate gratification, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so really, who really wants to go to the gym? That's Yeah, <laughs> no one. No, no one, one really wants to go to the gym, but it's it's a necessity. I feel like, you know, I, I think I was uh, said this early on um, one of my posts today. I was just talking about what primary foods are. Mm-hmm. And so part of those primary foods, if, if you guys don't know what a primary food is, it's the thing that we're really supposed to be feeding on that makes us feel better. And so uh, our primary foods is supposed to be, you know, healthy relationships, um, career, uh, spiritual connection and exercise. Those are the things that's really supposed to make us happy. So it's it's part of us being happy is um, exercise and exercise is a big part of that. There's, so, yeah, there's not one without the other. You know, happiness and exercise is definitely connected on many different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. So since you say that, like, no one really likes going to the gym, I wonder, have you always been into health and fitness, or is it something that's kind of come about throughout no, the years? No, yeah, it's it's definitely come about because, you know, I, I've been more mindful as I uh, have been getting older, uh, just about my health and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, being an African-American male, you know that most African-Americans, they deal with heart disease and, and things of that nature, my father and mother included. Um... Uh, had strokes, multiple strokes. So my genetics is stacked against me. And and, and I know there's also research that supports that we are not um, that connected genetically, um, but we are connected on some level genetically. I mean, we look like our parents, we talk like our parents and stuff like that. So, you know, when my parents had their health scares, it really scared me or not even really scared me. It made me more aware of my health Um and then, you know, there's this thing. I'm a child of psychology as well. So there's this whole thing with birth order. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm a middle child. And so with middle children, they learn from watching elders and watching young too. So I learned from my elders um, 
and from my younger brothers and sisters, uh, you know, where I was in health because I seen them. And so I think that's when it really started when I started to measure my own mortality. That really comes when people hit their 30s and realize that, you know what, I can't go out and party <laughs> and do whatever I want to do. Um, yeah, so, you know, when you're young, you feel invincible. And as you get older, you, you start having some realizations. And, you know, and then there's other things. You're sharing your life with someone. You start wanting to have a relationship. You start wanting to be your best self. So that's what you start to do. You start to really think about how does life look for me 10, 15, 20 years down the line. And one of my goals, um, I don't really tell many people this, but one of my goals for the reason why I want to be um, healthy is I want to be healthy enough to walk my daughter down the aisle. Now, as a DJ, I, I DJ many weddings. Yeah. And so there's times when uh, parents are unable to dance with their children. And it's heartbreaking. I'm like, was food, not even food, because I don't want to food shame, but was life, was your lifestyle choices so serious where you couldn't really pay attention to what it's really about. And just, right. and because the reason why I say that, because when I do these weddings, these men and women, these brides and groups, they're heartbroken because they want that experience with their child or their mother and their father. Um, and so for me, I said, you know what? And the, re the reason why I say this is because sometimes it's just something so small. It doesn't have to be really deep. You can just take something so small and just hang on to that. And so that's that small thing that says, you know what? I want to walk my daughter down and I, I want to dance with her and even better I want to have a nice dance routine mm -hmm. you know another thing a big accomplishment for me is not to have all the money in the world but to be a grandparent mm -hmm. I want to be an effective grandparent I want to be able to you know because like I said I'm a child of psychology so I know about postpartum depression and mm -hmm. you know and and being able to be a, a support for your children I want to do that I want to be there to... You look like you're about to cry. No, it's great. What you're saying is great. <laughs> like, Even oh, if you made me cry, that'd be a huge accomplishment in and of itself. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. So, yeah, it's just like I just really want to be there for my daughter and my daughter's children as mm -hmm. well. I want to be able to take care of them and say, hey, you know, your granddad um, was here for you. I want to be mm -hmm. able to play with them, play ball and, and teach them certain things. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's so that's the reason why I've gotten into health and wellness, because I, I see myself, um, you know, just trying to make an impact on my family and legacy. And this is a lady, Ernestine Shepard, if I am. Ernestine, maybe it's a shepherd. Anyway, so there's this 80-year-old woman, and she's a bodybuilder. You should Google her. And and so she's, like, super strong. And I've I seen her in person. She was just, like, doing these push-ups, and she was out working all these women who are, like, in their 20s and 30s and 40s. Mm -hmm. You know, she came in as an aerobics instructor. And I was just like, that's what I want to be. I want to be stronger than, and not stronger as far as, far as lifting more weights than someone but just being able to endure more. Mm -hmm. That's one of my goals. I even watched this Netflix um, uh, documentary yesterday. I think it's something about change something. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. I'll send you the link. It's, it's <laughs> something having to do with change. And it was just talking about the vegan and vegetarian on a plant-based um, lifestyle and how these people 
you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, these uh, mixed uh, martial artists are living, the, these people in these strongman competitions and how, you know, how changing their diet really changed everything. And, you know, it was just this mm -hmm. one older man that was just outworking all these younger guys. He must have been 60 or 70. And I was like, he's killing it. <laughs> killing it you want to be that guy I, I, I just I, I just want to be my version of that guy too and I, and I think like I said when you start to realize your own mortality and you know going to the doctor uh, guys here's a little bit of advice for you I don't care if you're in your 20s or 30s how healthy you're feeling go and get your checkups mm -hmm. your yearly checkups your mammograms your pap smears your gyn for the ladies go get your checkups because what that does is it creates a baseline your doctor will be able to look back and said right. you know at 25 you was here at 26 years here but if you're skipping those years which i did i skipped a lot of years maybe it's embarrassing to say maybe 12 years where mm -hmm. i really like checked on my own yeah, because it was maybe from, you know, going to college until I was in my 30s, um, really checking on and find out what my blood pressure was. And by that time, it was high for someone my yep. age. Then I had that little 30-year-old pudge that, you know, <laughs> most 30-year-old men get. And I was like, no, this can't be, this can't be right, you know, and, you know, so... Yeah, it, it was it was a bunch of stuff. It was a yeah. whole bunch of little things that made me realize that nothing changes if nothing changes. I heard that from, you know, my mm -hmm. preacher. He is very simple but profound. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can talk forever, Jenny. I'm that, sorry. Please do. Like, that's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. So there's, I, th I can't even remember what the question was. Oh, how you got started with health and fitness. Mm -hmm. So there was just a bunch, there's just a bunch of stuff that really just contributed yes. to it. And it just sounds like so much more than you sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to do health and fitness now because I want to go to the gym. Yeah. It's just life, life happens. And then you realize, and I want to talk about this later because I think one of your questions were, or one thing I want to really delve in on is I think you were saying like, what is a person supposed to do? You know, because we, as, a, as, a, as a trainer or a health professional, you know, you want to figure out how to reach those people and how to right. keep those people coming. Mm -hmm. And see, trainers, no one knows that. And see, right. I've learned that from DJing, how to get a fish and how to keep a fish, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So I want to touch on that later on uh, when you're ready for that. But um, Go right into it. No, it's there. Just, you know, the thing is, is like what people have to understand is... When you are in a place when you don't feel like working out or you mm -hmm. don't know how to get started as an individual. So I'm talking to the individuals that don't know how to get started. The way you get started is through support. Yes. Understand that you cannot do it on your own. This is why there's group fitness classes yes. and everything. And you have to be the person that speaks up. Mm -hmm. You have to want it 51%. And, and if you tell that person, I want it 51%, but that other 49%, I don't have the strength to get out of bed, to get to a gym. That's what's going to help you. But if you think that you can do it on your own, you really can't until you get to a point where you have such an overflow. Yeah. But the way you get started for all these people that are just trying to figure out how you get started through support, you find a friend in these fitness groups and you say, hey, let's, you know, and add an incentive to it. Let's go to the gym and let's go get coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, let's do this. Hey, girl, let's see. You know, let's go to the gym. And, you know, maybe you don't kill it in there, but it's got to be more than just that workout. Mm -hmm. You got to find a deeper connection than the workout. Because, again, as 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 humans, we don't like to work out. We don't like physical. Our flesh is only 
um, you know, wanting to be satisfied and the pleasure and satisfaction. And so, you know, it doesn't bring pleasure to sit there and do a hundred burpees. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts so it bad. But <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, what you need to do is you need to find support. And when support finds you, you have to be open to that support. Mm-hmm. Now, as health professionals, what can you do? You got to understand that people, they need help. And you got to make sure that there's a deeper connection. I think we talked about this off air, but they, you got to understand that you need to connect with them on a deeper um, level than just, you know, coming in and being the, the trainer to the trainee. You got to ask people their names. You got to find out little things about them. You got to compliment them. Hey, girl, you look nice in that, you know, whatever you're wearing. Where'd you get it from? Um, you, oh, you eat like that? Oh, can I get you a, a coffee as well? Oh, you like that too? Or what are some of your musical tastes? Mm-hmm. And things like that. There's got to be a connection. Mm-hmm. Just uh, And when you're, you're like, Mo, what kind of connection? A human connection. Mm-hmm. A human connection. It's just You just have to really understand that you are a person and and that person is a person too so take off the title see i don't go into these classes and say i'm your cycling instructor you have to listen to me because you don't Mm -hmm. and if you don't listen to me you know yeah that's all you but i just want to uh you know connect with you Mm -hmm. and just you know what is your name and so there's so many tools Mm -hmm. nowadays when we sign up for these classes you have the tools as trainers you know who signs up for your class you know a little bit about them you know do your research um put your social media out there for millennials put your social media out there and say hey people follow me and if people are posting Pay attention and, you know, like I said, I pay attention to what you do and that's why I'm mentioning these things. But I'm doing my research. It's just like a job interview. If you're going to work for a specific company, you want to do your research on an interview because, you know, people don't care about what you know until they know that you care. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a good one. Ooh, good thing that was recorded. (laughs) People don't care about what you know until they know that you care. And so you have to show some type of a different level of compassion. You have to show a, some level of, uh, what is it, empathy mm-hmm. or maybe a sympathy. Empathy. Empathy, yes. Mm-hmm. So you got to find a, yes, you got to find a, you got to uh, um, find a connection on that level that they can really relate to you. Yeah. And you as trainers, I'm talking to the trainers, you have to be vulnerable. I think I posted on today, like we walk around, you know, being strong every day. You got to be able to tell people like, listen, this is what I'm dealing with. You know, just give them a little piece. You don't have to go out there and just, you know, pour it out on them. But you got to understand that as a trainer, you have to have some vulnerability as well. You have to say, listen, like if you're doing something, I know this hurts, but we're going to we're in this together. And if you are taking an approach where you're with them and you're not trying to force them to do things, man, you'll have uh, clients for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think you started with, you started somewhere and then you went somewhere else, but both pieces are very important. But I want to go back to the piece where you said um, how to get started and Mm -hmm. then how you stick with it. You said accountability. Yes. And I think you got into the relationship with the trainers. Yes. And I'm happy happy you went there, though. I am, because... 
there I'm thinking of Gene from Next Level Bootcamp. Mm-hmm. I hope he listens to this because I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first went to his gym, he said, welcome to the family. I was like, huh, oh, my God, I'm part of your family now. I feel so amazing. But just something so small yes. like that. Yes. Finding. It stays with you. Yes. Finding a place where you feel welcomed. Finding mm-hmm. a place where you're accountable. Because guess what? When my alarm goes off at 5 o'clock in the freaking morning, I don't want to get up. But I'm like, oh, Gene's going to be there waiting for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So just Having that accountability and someone that cares mm-hmm. is huge. It's huge. And and so the way you keep that going too, because you know, that's just one step having that accountability partner. The other thing is you want to create a healthy routine. Mm-hmm. You want to start really thinking about uh, a, a routine and you know you got to do it in small steps you got to do it in, in in setting small goals and then hitting them um, some suggestions is like a to-do list but mm-hmm. that's what it really comes down to it really comes down to getting set in your routine and more importantly having grace and mercy on yourself if you don't do that thing yes. just getting up the next day say you know what mm-hmm. I fell short I had a whole pack of cookies last night <laughs> Oh, gosh. Guilty. <laughs> I didn't go to the gym. Yeah, guilt. Guilt is, man, I can talk uh, long on guilt, but guilt is just something that we should not be dealing with. Should be, We should not be delving into that. I don't want to go on a whole tangent, but <laughs> routine, guys. You have to get to some type of routine. Um, and if you don't have a routine, you talk to your accountability partner about mm-hmm. what's their routine. You talk to your trainer. What's your routine? You start doing research. What's a good, healthy routine? And the, uh, uh, to add to that, what's sustainable? Right. Because we get into this whole thing like, you know what? I want to lose 20 pounds before the wedding. Shredding for the wedding. I hear that a lot. I'm shredding for the wedding. And, and we go on this whole diet and we shred for the wedding. And it wasn't sustainable because you were doing two a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Unnecessary. So unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it's not sustainable. Uh-huh. So you really have to do what's sustainable. And, you know, there's some things like that's just not sustainable. Like as far as playing football for 20 years, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I say that because it's heavy physically, yes. right? So what are some things that, you know, as far as what your fitness goals are, it, you always want to really have a, a, a goal set, uh, set a goal and just say, you know, what's sustainable because I want to be healthy until I'm, you know, such and such age or I want to be this way for such and such time. Maybe it's just you have a six month plan and you want to look good for Miami 2020. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. But you just want to set a sustainable goal for that. And, and, and that's the, the way you keep going. You keep going by getting that routine, doing what's sustainable. And if you can't sustain it, having some grace for yourself and then have an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's many different parts. There are, there are probably some more parts. To it. I haven't really thought about it in deep thought. But yeah, I mean, when I think off the top of my head, what has really kept me going, it's mm-hmm. really, um, you know, those things. And then, uh, you know... Um, becoming an accountability partner for yourself Mm -hmm. yeah because you got to start holding yourself accountable Mm -hmm. you know when you point one finger they say there's three fingers pointing back out you so it's like oh you did it right (laughs) (laughs) so you never want to like be so judgmental and and look at other people you got to look at yourself that's a whole different thing but you have to start holding yourself accountable because there'll be sometimes where your accountability accountability partner is not going to be there yes or you move to a different town Mm -hmm. or your gym closes or your 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 trainer leaves, mm-hmm. or you just don't have the finances mm-hmm. to make it to a gym because that's what happens. 
Yes. Working out is a luxury. Yes. And so as trainers, we have to figure out a way, and gyms, we have to figure out a way to make it sustainable economically. Yes. That's not talked about enough. It's not. It's not. It's not. You know, people, they get their money and they're like, I'm getting my money. And, you know, and it, it's bigger than that because when we look at the inner city communities and when we look yes. at different populations, uh, underserved populations, the thing that they're not doing is there's no focus on health and wellness. Yes. You know, that's why, uh, <sighs> can I even really touch on this? Um, but that's why I came the catalyst. I'll say it like this. Mm -hmm. I was at a smaller gym working on an inner city community and there was no support. So I came to Catalyst where I got more support um, because there was a different community going there. Economically, they could afford to take classes because it was wearing down on me going to classes and one person showed up. Yes, you know, yeah. it, there's, there's a, a little... Um, psychology that goes into being a trainer what, you know mm -hmm. what you need from your clients but at that you know i find gratitude in everything but that helped me as well because now i don't care if there's one person in class or a hundred i'm still giving it my all because mm -hmm. i've had classes where i've had very impactful classes with one client and you know you know one-on-one -on -one training is good but just imagine you being <laughs> in a class of 30 bikes and you on your cycling bike and that person like how do you make an impact oh, yeah. so it's like you know you want to take from every situation so if you do have class with low attendance you still give them your best show mm -hmm. if two people show up don't get discouraged you still give them your best show because then it'll teach you you know how to you know maybe train one-on-one -on -one or how to have a greater impact it's going to mold you into a whole different person mm -hmm. yeah i'm, I'm talking tangents for days i love it it's yeah. so great we're just getting it all out getting yeah, it all yeah, out <laughs> yeah. but just to get to the point you again the way you sustain or keep going is to you know get into that routine mm -hmm. yeah and it sounds like you highlighted like what 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 that consists of and i obviously just can't think of it off the top of my head but you you outlined what exactly needs to be done and mm -hmm. how to do it yeah. it sounds so simple it does it, it sounds simple but it does but i'll tell you the truth so much more you to are it. in a forever fight with your flesh yes you when you get up in the morning you do a hard reset don't take your body for granted don't take your health for granted you got to take care of yourself and and realize that today is a new fight and so you have to make it work because once you fall off and that's what happens. Mm -hmm. You fall off hard. And it's hard to... I see people with yo-yo diets and, yeah. you know, they gain and they lose weight and they get, uh, you know, discouraged and then they get encouraged, you know, around the start of the new year. But um, you, if you have a deeper understanding that um, that you just take really... You just take it one day at a time. One day at a time. Yep. You'll be good. You know the thing that I do... Um, to just to keep me focused is I focus on doing 25 push-ups a day. Mm -hmm. That's all I, you know, because if I could do those 25 push-ups, that's all I need. That that lets me know that I can do something more. Mm -hmm. I even started smaller and I make my bed. Like if you want mm. to, it, the, what I'm trying to get at people who are listening right now is that if you want to figure out the steps on how to continuously make it to the gym, you start very small. You start making your goal setting very small. I'm going to get up and I'm going to make the bed. 
I'm going to get up and I'm going to take out my yoga mat. I'm going to get up and I'm going to put the DVD in for my exercise thing. You just, if you celebrate, and more importantly, if you celebrate those small victories, it, it will yes. turn into bigger things. Yes. And so now doing my push-ups every day is not a big thing. But before, right. when I first started, I would pat myself on the back heavy like, oh, yeah, I did my push-ups. Great. <laughs> you know, making my bed is not a thing. You know, um, as far as health goes, I, I would really celebrate myself with the water consumption and mm -hmm. eating vegetables. Now it's just a thing to right. drink water and eat vegetables. I'm working on other things now. So my thing I would tell to people who are listening to this you start very small with your goal setting and your it, it will start they say some people say it takes 21 days to form a habit some people say 30 in 30 out did you ever hear that routine mm -hmm. like it, it, if you do something for 30 days it's going to take 30 days to get out of it but you know whatever you need to do uh just do your research and nowadays we have google we have the whole worldwide internet we have social networks we have things to connect to um people tap into what other people are doing mm -hmm. because we're not reinventing the wheel i'm just doing what i've seen done somewhere else a different way right. my way right. like what you're doing in this stuff oh and listen guys if you continue to listen to this podcast she has some great <laughs> things in store for you guys once we get to episode 18 she is going to straight fire blow your mind yes <laughs> lit 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 <laughs> yes <laughs> yes but anyway you, you want to start small and you want to yes. you know set those goals yeah well i think sometimes that's the issue though because we're so conditioned to think it's all or nothing mm -hmm. i either need to be doing all of it or none of it mm -mm. and that's that's not that's not how we create these sustainable habits it just no. doesn't happen that way yes. i didn't just wake up in the morning and say i'm gonna work out five days a week yes. for an hour yes. i love telling the story because i was extremely out of shape when i first started working out again after I graduated college. I took years off of exercise and getting back into it was so hard. And I started with a beach body program and or maybe even YouTube videos. I think it was YouTube videos. And I would press play and I made it not even 10 minutes. I could not even make it 10 minutes in my living room. Wow. And I'm like on the ground. I'm like, oh, nope, not for me. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, But it was showing up every single day and doing those seven minutes. And then it was eight minutes. Yep. And then it was nine minutes. Yep. And now I'm a trainer. So... And I'm so proud of you too. Thank you. Thank I've you. Seen your progress. Thank you. I really appreciate that. No problem. Because I think people sit there and they're like, I can only make it seven minutes and mm -hmm. I can't I can't do it. I'm done. They mm -hmm. they see it as a defeat mm -hmm. as opposed to, okay, I only made it seven minutes, but tomorrow I'm gonna do eight. Yeah. Or and, I'm gonna try. Or I'm gonna try. Yeah. Yes. And I like the way that you even put it, start with making the bed, start mm -hmm. with the mat, start mm -hmm. with the DVD, mm -hmm. even just building yourself up to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people can't start with those seven minutes. You have to start somewhere, yeah. start somewhere feasible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just understand that like when you're working out and everything, you're changing your lifestyle, which means you have a lifetime to yes. change your lifestyle, which means that you don't have to get it all done in that six month or that, you know, whatever that six week is, you have a lifetime, mm -hmm. lifetime to make these little little changes right yeah. lifestyle changes because that's what we're looking to do you're looking to change your whole lifestyle the whole thing the whole idea of diet and this is just my opinion but the whole idea of dieting and and doing things like that is just i am not for dieting i am mm -hmm. for making lifestyle changes yes yeah 
I'm happy we think the same way about yes. that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm glad. Yes, yes. Okay, good. So what motivates you in the morning when you first open your eyeballs? I'm, I don't know what time you wake up. You teach super early sometimes. Yeah. So I wake up every morning, maybe at 4.35, sometimes 6. If I get up at like 6.30, I'm, I'm feeling like, oh my God, I'm not, you know. But I get up pretty early. But what motivates me to get up in the morning is I feel like people are depending on me. Like, you know, some people say if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. And and so that's what I've taught myself that I have to continue to work. I have uh, a lot going on um, in my world. So I have to continue to move. It's, it's, I don't have the luxury of taking a nap. <laughs> man, I would love to take a nap. But I don't have that luxury because if I don't work, I don't eat. And that's just my attitude. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is once you are to, to much whom is given, uh, much is tested or something like that. But if you have a lot, you have to work that much harder to yeah. continue to uh, sustain that. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot going on. And so that's what motivates to get me up, knowing that I have goals. Mm-hmm. I have goals and, you know, some short term goals, some daily goals. Again, you know, it's small things like doing those push ups or. Um, and my long-term goals, you know, living until 80, you know, um, doing things with my daughter when she gets older and stuff like that. So that's what gets me up in the morning. It's just knowing that people are depending on me. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something else, listeners. If you are out there and you are in a relationship or you have children, understand that once you had children or you entered in a, a relationship, your life is not your own anymore. You're not living for yourself anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to really understand that you have to be your best version of you for the people around you. And just think if you're um, uh, 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 being a better person, um, everyone is going to be better around you as well. And so that's what keeps me going, knowing that I have to be the best version of myself and I have to give off this good energy to make sure the people who are around me are becoming better as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost like seeing a theme emerge and that's being there with and for other people. Yes. The accountability yes. piece as to mm-hmm. the fitness and then also for personal daily life, other people are counting on you. Yeah. And those relationships, I, I personally, it's my bias, think that relationships are the reason why we live and exist. No, and that's that's the only reason why... We live and exist, like I said, that primary food. But even some religious people would say the way you exercise your religion is through relationship. Mm-hmm. You want to be, uh, you know, good at anything. It's going to require you to have a good relationship. There's just a certain point in my life where I just said, you know, what? I want nothing but good relationships. Yeah. I don't want anyone thinking anything bad about me. So every person I encounter, I want to have a good relationship with them. And the hardest part is to have a good relationship with people who don't care about you. Ooh. Deep, right? Yeah. Those are the people you have to have the best relationship with. Uh, in one of my jobs, my nine to five, um, you know, I, I get chewed out sometimes and I have to double down on the niceness. And, and a lot of times it turns them around and they apologize and, you know, but sometimes you got to understand that, you know, uh, you know, you're like a spark and, 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 and you're the person that lights it sometimes. Well, they're the spark mm-hmm. and you're the person that lights it because they continue to throw gasoline on you. But if you never light that spark, you'll never, it'll never go up in flames or you'll never, you know, really get um, or have a moment where you have an explosion really is what I'm getting at um, with that. So, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it. It's key. It definitely it's very is. important. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure that we're touching on everything too as we're, I feel like a lot of this is just kind of happening like conversationally and naturally, but I want to make sure that mm-hmm. everything we want to yeah, touch on Yeah, reel me back in because like I said, I'll, <laughs> I'll go on tangents for days. We'll be talking about the next, you know, by the end of this conversation. I know. We never know where we're going to go. Um, but I think there's really only a couple things left that I wanted to touch on and I'm sure you'll have um, more to, to put in here towards the end, but um what your perspective is on the relationship between mental health and exercise. I feel like we kind of went there a little bit, um, but I I wanted you to elaborate on that a little bit more if you could. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, if we just think scientifically, um, when you exercise, it releases hormones, right? Mm -hmm. It releases these uh, endorphins that make you feel good. And so if, if, uh, you know, if your mental health, when we think about mental health, the, uh, the the thing that we deal with most times in mental health is um, depression and anxiety. Th- those are very real things. Some people in certain communities don't believe in being depressed and they don't believe in anxiety. Like when a person says, oh, I'm depressed or I'm having an anxiety attack. Some people are like, oh, get out of here with that. But those are very real things. And so the uh, relationship is very vital that um, you are working out because your body produces natural, natural hormones that help you feel better. So, it, you know, I, I, I've been working in the field long enough and I, you know, I go certain places and they're medicating people. They're medicating mm-hmm. people. And I want to know your uh, thought on that. Maybe let me just do mm-hmm. a timeout. What's your thought on this whole medication process and, and how we're doing people? And then I'll, I'll, I'll touch on my... I think it could be beneficial, but I think we're using it as a first line of treatment. And I, that's the part that I don't agree with because I've, I've seen the benefits that it can have on functioning and the brain. And yes, it can be helpful, but one, it shouldn't be the first line of treatment. And two, it shouldn't be the only line of treatment. Absolutely. So if you're using it, it should be if other options didn't work. And then it should be used in conjunction with other things. So that's kind of how I, I view no, it. No, I agree with you. One, I feel like you just read my mind. Or it, <laughs> but I agree it shouldn't be the first thing. It shouldn't be the first um, go-to. Now, a little, um, you know, a, a while back, I was very naive and said I was anti-medication. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, you don't need medication. I used to even say this in class. And oh, I would no. Do- Yes. Oh, I was like, if you're on medication, you don't need it. You know. <laughs> and then they're like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. No, but some, you know, a couple of people pulled me to the side in the mental health, you know. And like I said, I'm a child of psychology, and it it just makes sense that you know you are not supposed to start out with the medication. It's supposed to be something that's supposed to get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Some people are so deep in the rut that yes, they need that medication because there's a chemical imbalance mm-hmm. in their mind, in their brains. And so they need that medication to get them to a certain level. And then like you said, you can use medication as well as exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shouldn't be that first line. It should be the mm-hmm. last thing that we do. And and someone once said that, you know, the nation now is into medication and not medicine. And so when you work out, that's an alternative for medicine Mm -hmm. and just eating. I can go days and days. We didn't even touch on anything having to do with food, but it's a lot of the stuff that you need or you um, not really need that, but you should have. It's right in the foods that you eat. So the the relationship Mm -hmm. between, you know, uh, you know, mental health and and working out is very critical. I Mm -hmm. mean, one should support the other and and. 
I, I think what's going on in the mental health field, the mental health field is so deep into medication, they're not even looking into alternatives. Yeah. They're so stuck in their ways. You know, there's, you know, old board members or, you know, not even old board members, but there's just this old way of thinking mm -hmm. that it really, things really need to be changed. And that's why I said, guys, by episode 18, she's going to blow your mind because <laughs> she has it, the idea already, um, these ideas that it, it, it just got to be something more. Yeah. There's got to, we got to be doing mm -hmm. something different. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. So I think that medication is good. It's supposed to get you to a certain level and then you maybe can mix the two between medication and exercising. But then you should wean that yourself off that medication and be able to sustain that yourself, mm -hmm. you know, because your body, hopefully your body can produce um, through exercise those, uh, you know, hormones that you need. That's going to help you feel better and make you feel less anxious and less depressed because right. that's just a natural thing. We get depressed and we get um, anxious. It's just, it, it's just, it's what do you do with that? You know, what do you do when you feel depressed? What do you do when you feel anxious? You know, th those are, it, what, what is it for? And what some people don't understand is when you feel anxiety, think of yourself as a lump of coal. And it's either you're going to be pressured into dust or into a diamond. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we feel anxiety, like you feel anxiety maybe about getting this podcast together, putting it out there, putting it out there. But what you don't understand is that it's taking you through a process to right. become a better podcast, to put yourself and your practice and your ideas and your views out there. Mm -hmm. But if you just say, you know what, I'm done with this. You won't get to episode 18. Mm -hmm. So understand that's the reason. So what I'm saying is, and, and listen, I'm telling you, I'm talking directly to Jenna now, is <laughs> when you feel that anxiety, don't back down from it. Recognize that it's part of your process on becoming a better um, person in everything you do. Because mm -hmm. the world, I guess, or the universe, some people will say the universe doesn't want you to be the best version of you. Mm -hmm. So the world or the universe or whatever you want to call it will try and tear you down. Mm -hmm. But you have to fight against that. Mm -hmm. You have to fight against it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I almost, I'm becoming more open about this, but I'm seeing a psychologist and um, I, I've talked to her about my anxiety before and I'm like, you know what? I think that anxiety has worked in my favor Yes. because I take it and I use it to just get more done yep. and accomplish more things. Mm -hmm. And she's yeah. like, what? Yeah. Like, no, it makes sense. Let me tell you. It, it makes it 100%. I mean, just look at procrastination. I mean, like some people, and not, maybe not procrastination, but I guess when your back is against the wall, you know, it, it, it really makes you stretch your potential. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you never know who you are until your back is against the wall. Mm -hmm. And then once you your back is against the wall, that's when you hit your potential. But mm -hmm. you never know how far you can go until you are stretched. I mean, just think of your life as a rubber band. You never, how, never know how far mm. you can go until you stretch it even further to make it go farther. I'm not, I'm not even sure I'm using that the right way. But it, 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 it does yeah. make sense. Like if, you, if you're not stretching your rubber band, uh, um, you know, far enough is not going to go farther down the line. Mm -hmm. And so it, for you to make big leaps and stride, you have to stretch yourself so much more. And just think of the the pain that rubber band is going through. It, it, it's being stretched. Yeah. It's being. And so a lot of people think that when you are going through this rough time in your life, when you are exercising and you know, why is my body feeling like this? It is 
part of the process to get you to where you need to be. Yeah. But see, what we do is we just back down from it yes. and be like, I quit. Oh, my legs are sore. I quit. Oh, mm -hmm. I can't get to the gym. I quit. Oh, I don't have the money. I quit. And you'll never reach your goals. But without any risk, there's no rewards mm -hmm. at all. And so there has to be some risk. You have to risk your body. You have to risk your mental well-being. Uh, you have to risk everything when yes. you uh, get up and, and go, you know, just outside. Yes. You, you put yourself on the road. That's a risk because anyone can hit you. Mm -hmm. But yes. there's, you know, this thing called a dignity of risk. And, you know, there's certain risks that you have to take mm -hmm. to get to a certain place in your life. So that's right. how I say these are the things that, I, you know, I live by and, and keep continue to tell myself. So when people are asking me or, or when um, bad things happen to me, I still have a smile on my face. Now, don't get me wrong. I still cry. I still yell. Yep. I still get hurt. I still feel the pressure. But I still understand that it's part of my process and I may not understand my process right now but it's i just understand that it's part of a process and and i've seen it i've seen it in my life i've seen me do certain things and there be a result uh one time uh and this is before i'm actually i'm turning 42 in 2020 so uh, in my last uh 90 days of being um 39 i exercised every day um for an hour I did 90 days of straight exercise. I think I remember this. Yeah, it was a couple of years back. Yeah. I did 90 days. Of, and when I say I've, I've made an incredible transformation, like I didn't know what it was going to be. But now my body is at the place of sustaining that. I don't have to work so hard. Mm -hmm. I don't have to get my uh, heart rate so elevated anymore. And, you know, my metabolism works at a certain rate now to where I can really not really eat what I want, but I can go a little off now. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So it's like, but I didn't know I was going to get to this place. I didn't know that, you know, that my physique would improve. I didn't know what that looked like, but I still did it and I got a result and mm -hmm. that's what happened. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like that willingness to be vulnerable mm -hmm. in certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. Brene Brown, she's wonderful. She talks yes. all about it. Yes. I don't know if you know her. I do. I've watched oh. um, a couple things, I think, on uh, Netflix, maybe. Yeah. She had something on Netflix, and I was looking up some more stuff. But yeah, she's yeah, she has some good stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So if you, to kind of like hone it all in and wrap it up, what is one thing that you're currently struggling with and what you're doing to overcome it? Oh, my God. I still don't have an answer for this. Oh, you've been stressing. <laughs> I think the thing that I have been struggling with is, um, oh, Jenna, you caught me off guard with that. Hmm. What have I been struggling with? You know what? I think, I think, um, yeah, I think I still struggle with my routine. I don't have a, a great, perfect routine for myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, like I said, it's a forever fight with the flesh. So yeah, that routine of, a, you know, um, I always want to drink 64 ounces of water a day. I want to eat vegetables. I want to, you know, eat vegan. I want to eat at a certain time. I'm talking about that on my um, Instagram right now. Just talking about scheduled meals. I want to eat at a certain time. I want to really get into this heavy routine because when you look at successful companies, what do they do? They do everything well. Um, 
they do their routines well. You know, mm -hmm. to, yep. you would never work for a company that didn't pay you every Friday or every two Fridays. So they're doing something well to, you know, continue to generate income. And so what I'm all about right now is just that, you know, that daily success or those daily goals. I have a to-do list. So, yeah, that's something I'm, I'm currently struggling mm -hmm. with is my to-do list, my life to-do list, because I'm juggling so many things right now. I'm juggling A, B, C, D. I'm juggling so many things. I just want to make sure I stay on task. So that's been a bit of a stretch for me too. And I, I don't have as much help as I used to. So now it's just like really just figuring out things for myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think in regards to health and wellness is um, the thing I'm struggling is what, how do you stay healthy in chaos? Yeah. That's, that's a big one. That's a big thing. Like when chaos happens, how do you stay healthy within the chaos? And if I can figure that out, and I have been figuring it out, but yeah, no one I, has an answer. I don't. That. I don't have an answer. Yeah, because when don't. you get out of your routine, it's like you know. It's a, but so that yeah, that's what I'm figuring out. Mm -hmm. To trying to stay healthy in the midst of chaos, and you know, I'm dealing with so much right now, a whole bunch of uh, different things, um, and 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 I'm still staying healthy. So I feel like this is part of that process of me figuring that out so I can teach other people, trainers, and then the average person, how do you still, um, you know, get to from point A to point B in the midst of chaos? Yeah, yeah. I think that's super relatable too because I think to an extent everyone really struggles with a routine. Mm -hmm. I I don't believe in the perfect routine. Mm -mm. I don't believe in the word perfect, mm -mm. period. Mm -mm. I don't think there is such thing as perfection. No. And I think that's where we get caught up sometimes. Is we're, oh, and I say we, I just mean generally a lot of people um, kind of get caught on making it perfect, 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 perfect. It has to be perfect. And if no. it's not, there's... yeah. You know, there's no even trying. Yeah, yeah. We are not supposed to be perfect, but we are supposed to strive towards excellence. Yes. You know? So that 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 there's always the, that um, a little bit of room for that grace and mercy on yourself saying, you know what? Um, I, I didn't get what I need to get done today, but I'm going to try tomorrow to be better. And so that's where you want to be. You want to be in a place where um, you're not really complacent, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you thought about, wanted to put out there before we wrap things up today? Anything um, that we missed? Anything that we missed? No, I think I touched on pretty much. You know, I, I, I think um, I, I really want people to understand that in, you know, when we as trainers mm -hmm. that there is a mental and you're, you're spot on with this. There is mm -hmm. a mental health component to working out mm -hmm. you know you have to really as a uh professional uh trainer you have to really understand that there's a mental component and uh, understand that people are dealing with certain things you know people are not coming to the gym because you know for the money or you know they hurt in their body there's something going on mentally mm -hmm. and why is that person you know working out you know seven days a week two a days there's there's something mentally going on with them that we really have to get to the root of you know is it is it someone that that hurt them or are they not feeling confident or are, are they having a secret struggle with worthiness or guilt you know we was talking about that you know, mm -hmm. these, all these negative emotions. And so, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's what I would want to leave with trainers. Just understand yes. that it's really not about packing these classes, making it fun, working them hard and stuff like that. Understand that there's an unspoken element that we have not gotten into as a fitness community, yes. that mental piece. And that's why I think you are in the right place at the right time. 
because once you add that mental piece to it and understand that there is a science to it and like you said the trigger words and understand that there's trauma and understand that trauma is not something that can be fixed it's only supported like once you start understanding those things man sky's the limit yeah Sky's the limit for you as a health professional, but also sky's the limit for your clients. Mm -hmm. And understand that, like, you know, really delve in. It's kind of like when you ask them, how are you doing? They'll say, fine. But you really got to say, no, how are you really doing? Mm -hmm. Like, really delve in. And that really, um, it will end it on how we started it. And it's just making that connection. Yes. That deeper connection. We came full circle. Came full circle. Well, why don't you tell everyone how to find you, social media? Oh, yeah. Well, my social media is um, at DJ Mistilmatic. It's DJ M-R-I-L-L-M-E-T-I-C. I I feel like I'm on the radio because that's how you say (laughs) (laughs) DJ (laughs) M-R-I-L-L-M-E-T-I-C. Yeah, so it's DJ Mistilmatic. Or you can just Google me, Mo Engo, on Facebook. And yeah. Yeah, find me and, you know, I'll talk to you. Follow me. I'll follow you back. And, yeah, that's how you can get in contact with me. Good. Awesome. I'll try to tag all of the things that we talked about in the comments as well. You'll have Mm -hmm. to send me all of the links and books and whatever (laughs) um, so we can get a hold of those too. Yes, yes. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. 